Hi everyone, welcome back to Logical Bible Study, where we do a verse-by-verse exegesis of the Gospels. Our goal here is to help you really understand the literal sense of Scripture. What does it mean on the most fundamental level? Today we're looking at Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. There was a judge in a certain town, he said, who had neither fear of God nor respect for man. In the same town, there was a widow who kept on coming to him and saying, I want justice from you against my enemy. For a long time, he refused, but at last he said to himself, Maybe I have neither fear of God nor respect for man, but since she keeps pestering me, I must give this widow her just rights or she will persist in coming and worry me to death. And the Lord said, You notice what the unjust judge has to say. Now, will not God see justice done to his chosen, who cry to him day and night, even when he delays to help them? I promise you, he will see justice done to them, and done speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? So, this is the parable of the unjust judge, and it's only found in Luke. You might have heard this one, you might not have heard it. What's the context here? Jesus is moving from Galilee up to Jerusalem for the final phase of his ministry, and he's speaking to the crowds along the way. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that for quite a while, we've been in this middle section of Luke, uh, where Jesus is moving from Galilee to Jerusalem, and we're getting very close to the end of that now. He's almost at Jerusalem. Verse 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. Notice this, Luke tells us the point of the parable, and we should be thankful for him for that, because sometimes we're not 100% sure of the meaning of a parable, but here the inspired author Luke tells us what Jesus meant by this parable. Right up front, he says this parable is about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. So we need to keep this in mind. That's going to help us understand the parable. Other translations have this as they ought to always pray and never lose heart. Now, this is similar to another parable Jesus has given earlier in chapter 11, verses 5 to 8. Remember the parable about uh, the persistent neighbor who's knocking at the door um, asking for bread. And it's, it's very similar to that kind of thing. They're both about perseverance in prayer. And what we're going to see here is particularly important given what Jesus has just said in chapter 17 about the suffering that his disciples will experience in the coming years. So that's probably in the background here. He's just told them about the coming of the Son of Man and how there's going to be suffering for Christians. That's all in the background. And now he gets to this parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. So the parable of the unjust judge is only found in Luke. And a key to understanding this, unjust and unrighteous are the same basic word in Greek. Unjust, unrighteous. That actually helps us understand a lot of the New Testament, actually, because if we keep in mind justice and righteousness, they're the same word in the New Testament. And it's particularly important in the Sermon on the Mount, actually, because there Jesus says things like, seek righteousness, seek after righteousness, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That can be translated, those who hunger and thirst after justice. Basically, what that means, justice or righteousness, is to do what God desires people to do in society. 
if you're doing, if you're giving someone justice, you're giving them what's due to them, according to God. So we have here a, a judge who's supposed to be just, he's supposed to be righteous to give people what they're owed, according to God, but he's unjust. He doesn't do that. He's unrighteous. Verse two, there was a judge in a certain town who had neither fear of God nor respect of man. So this is a fictional scenario. It's a parable. And there's this judge in the town. He's a bad judge. He has neither fear of God nor respect for man. Now, this would actually be a violation of justice, according to God. So if you look at Deuteronomy 27, verse 19, it talks about how judges need to be in line with the law of God. But this judge is not. And then we have a widow who appears. And there's a bit to say here about widows that'll help us understand it. There's this widow in the same town that the judge lives in. Widows were very vulnerable in that culture. They had no husband to support them financially. And typically in that society, if you're a woman, you need a man to support you financially. But her husband's gone, so there's no one left to support her. Widows had very low social status. They needed the law courts to support them. If there's an enemy who's trying to sue them or there's someone who's being unkind or unfair to them, they haven't got a husband who can look out for them. So they really needed a judge to defend them on their behalf. This is why God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament is constantly on about, if you are following me, if you're following God, then you need to defend widows. You need to stand up for widows because they have no one else to stand up for them. So a key part of righteousness, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, is looking after widows. God cares about them. And in fact, Jesus cares about them, as we'll see here. And also Luke has an interest in widows. Luke highlights widows quite a few times. Remember early in uh, the Gospel of Luke, there's the woman in the temple who's there on the day that Jesus is presented when he's a baby. And she's a widow. Anna, her name is. And she is basically dedicated her life to service of the temple. So Luke takes a particular interest in these widows. So Jesus here says in the parable, In the same town there was a widow who kept on coming to the judge and saying, I want justice from you against my enemy. Or you can translate that as vindicate me against my adversary. So she's involved in some sort of dispute and apparently she's... uh, the one in the right and the person who's pursuing her is the one in the wrong. So she keeps coming to the judge, hoping that he'll help her and that he'll defend her. There's no one else who can help her. Again, this is similar to the man who knocks on his neighbor's door repeatedly in the middle of the night. That's chapter 11, verse seven. He says, help me open up, give me some bread. It's a similar kind of concept. Verse four, for a long time, he refused, but at last he said to himself, maybe I have neither fear of God nor respect for man, But since she keeps pestering me, I must give this widow her just rights, or she'll persist in coming and worry me to death. You can translate this as, because this widow bothers me, I will vindicate her, or she will wear me out by her continual coming. So the judge eventually gives in. He says, look, I know I'm not a good judge, like I don't really care about this, but she's getting so annoying, she's being so persistent that I'll give in, otherwise she's going to wear me out. So he gives in out of selfish motives, not not out of righteous motives, but out of selfish motives, because he wants the woman, the, the widow, to leave him alone. Interestingly, you can translate this, the phrase, she'll wear me out, as she will strike me. That's what it literally says in the Greek. So he's worried that she, she's going to come and hit him, basically. Now, this is a good example of a parable where we should not try to see a one-to-one relationship between God and the judge in every characteristic, because God is just. God does care about people. 
it's an analogy. So when we read parables, typically there's one main comparison or point that Jesus wants to make between God and one of the figures in the parable. Jesus is not saying God is like the unjust judge in every respect, just one respect. And in fact, Jesus is going to tell us what that one respect is. What's the point here? Verse 6, And the Lord, that's Jesus, interesting that Luke calls him the Lord here, And the Lord said, You notice what the unjust judge has to say. A better translation of this would be, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. You can imagine him sort of, Jesus looking around at his disciples here. Hear what the unrighteous judge says. As in, Notice that the judge eventually gives the widow what she wants. That's the point he wants his disciples to take away from it. The judge eventually, although not immediately, but eventually he gives the widow what she wants. Verse 7. Now, will not God see justice done? And of course, we know as Christians that God is in the business of seeing that justice is done, just like the judge. Will not God see justice done to his chosen who cry to him day and night? You can translate that as his elect, and this phrase elect or chosen has had a lot of controversy over the years, and this is something we've discussed elsewhere in the podcast. Basically, the chosen or the elect, if we understand it properly from a Catholic perspective, that's those who choose to follow God and his teachings, particularly the teachings of God as revealed through Jesus the Messiah. That's who his elect are, those who are in God's favor because they choose to follow him. He says here, will he not see justice done to his chosen who cry to him day and night, even when he delays to help them? Or you can translate this this as, will he delay long over them? So what's the teaching here? Jesus is telling his disciples that God will vindicate his righteous followers, even if it does not happen immediately. Just as the widow pleaded for justice, so the Christian, this is Jesus' point, so the Christian should persevere in faith and tirelessly petition God for our needs. That's the teaching. So we, sh- we need to keep praying and not lose heart, as Luke said at the start here, despite the persecution that Christians will face, particularly the Christians in the first century. Jesus is warning them, look, you are going to face persecution, but don't lose heart. Keep praying. God will vindicate you eventually, even if the situation looks hopeless. That's the point of the parable. And that certainly fits with what Jesus said in chapter 17 about there's going to be lots of trouble. There's going to be, you're going to be looking for the days of the Son of Man. You're going to be crying out to be vindicated. And here Jesus says, trust that it will happen. Don't give up. Keep praying. Verse 8, I promise you he will see justice done to them and done speedily. Or he will vindicate them speedily is another translation. This is a promise from Jesus to his disciples. God will see justice done and done speedily. Now, there is some difficulties with the translation of the word that we have here is speedily. God will see it done speedily. Some think a better translation of this phrase would be, he is patient towards them. And in that case, there's no promise here that it will be done quickly. It would just imply that they might not see justice straight away or even in this life at all, in fact, but God is patient towards them and God hears them. So that verse 8 is a, uh, a translational difficulty, which is debated by scholars. Not, now, the point of this parable is obviously not that God is like the judge in every respect. That's not the point. Rather, it's an argument from the lesser to the greater. You always want to be uh, looking out for this. Jesus does quite a few of these arguments from the lesser to the greater. He often does it in reference to David. If David could do this, surely the Messiah can do this. Well, here, it's if the unjust judge can give the widow what's, 
due to her if the judge eventually gives into persistence to answer the widow's request, how much more would a good loving God, a good loving father, listen to the requests of his people and help them? That's kind of the meaning of the parable here. Now, there's a little more here in the text before we finish. And before we do that, let's look at the word coming. Understanding this Greek word coming or parousia in Greek is really helpful in understanding these texts, which appear to point towards the end of the world, but maybe not. So we're about to see here Jesus use the word coming. And what does it mean? Parousia in Greek literally means presence, but it can denote appearing or visitation as well. It's used 20 times in the New Testament. Now, in the Greek literature at this time, it's used to describe the visitation of a king or a high official to a city that he's previously conquered. Remember that it's used in reference to a king or a city official who is coming to return to an area he has already conquered. So it presumes a period of absence before the king's return. The Bible uses it in the Old Testament as well in a similar way. The most important usage of it in the New Testament is, of course, the coming of Jesus Christ. What a lot of people think of his second coming. We know that Jesus will return to bring judgment on his enemies and he's going to rescue his faithful disciples. So it has this idea that Jesus has already set up a kingdom and he goes away for a while to heaven, but then one day he will return to earth to judge his kingdom and to clean it out as such. So this word parousia, when it's used in the New Testament, it can refer both to Christ's middle coming, his visitation of destruction upon Jerusalem in 70 AD, or to his second coming at the end of time, as judge of both the living and the dead. And the New Testament uses it in both ways. So there's a middle coming in 70 AD and a second coming still in the future. So here's the second half of verse 8 in Luke 18. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? It's the same basic phrase here, when the Son of Man comes. Some people have taken this to be a reference to the second coming. Remember, this word can be used either in terms of the second coming or in terms of Jesus' middle coming. I think that given that Jesus has just been talking about his middle coming in Luke chapter 17, as you would have heard us talk about in the last few days, I think that's what's in view here as well. When Jesus says to his disciples, when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? I think he's mostly referring to AD 70, although there might be a link here, of course, a greater fulfillment of this, at the end of time, at the second coming. So the verse here, verse 8, seems to mean something like, remember Jesus is speaking to his disciples here, will any of you believe this enough to keep praying, even when things are difficult in the coming years? Or when I return, will you all have given up hoping that you will be vindicated? That's what it means. So it's both a warning and an encouragement from Jesus, really. So that's the end of verses 1 to 8. The next section, verses 9 to 14, it's another parable. It's the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. You've probably all heard this one. That's another parable about prayer, the right way to do prayer. Now, that's not read on weekdays, so you won't hear this episode uh, tomorrow, the Pharisee and the tax collector parable, but it is read on Saturday of week 3 in Lent. So if you want to hear the next bit chronologically, Saturday of week 3 in Lent is the best place to look for that. Then after that, it's verses 15 to 34. There's this whole section of text of Luke 18, 
which is completely skipped. It's never covered in the lectionary. That section, verses 15 to 34, includes some really important teachings, particularly the teaching about the rich young ruler. And it's harder for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. All of those really interesting teachings are in this section of text, which is skipped. So most of Luke 18 is never read in the lectionary. So we will cover this as a bonus episode of the podcast. If you want to hear a verse-by-verse exegesis of uh, that final part of Luke 18, then that is available to you through the Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And I'd certainly encourage you to think about whether you'd like to get access to those. If you become a financial supporter of the ministry of $10 a month or more, then you can get access to all those bonus episodes. And I know many of you are benefiting from hearing uh, these parts of the Gospels that you would never hear at Mass. So the link for the Patreon page is in the show notes. So in the next weekday episode, we'll pick it up from verse 35 of Luke 18. Let's now turn to the Catechism to have a quick look at a couple of passages which make reference to this. So paragraph 2098, this is in the section about adoration of God. The acts of faith, hope, and charity enjoined by the first commandment are accomplished in prayer. Lifting up the mind towards God is an expression of our adoration of God. Prayer of praise and thanksgiving, intercession and petition. Prayer is an indispensable condition for being able to pray to, to, to obey God's commandments. We ought to always pray and to not lose heart. So you'll hear that last part there is a direct quote from the start of Luke 18. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says that if we want to fulfill God's commandments, we need to keep praying and not lose heart, just as Luke says here in Luke 18. Paragraph 675, this is about the end times. It's in the section called the church's ultimate trial. Before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. So that last part there, and well, the paragraph goes on from there, but that last phrase in that sentence, there'll be a trial that will shake the faith of many believers. It directly references here Luke 18 verse 8, when Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? So although this is primarily about AD 70, the church sees here that Jesus could also be speaking of his second coming. And if that's the case, the teaching here from Jesus is that when he returns at his second coming, many believers will have gone through such a difficult trial in the end times that their faith will be shaken. Really interesting link there. We'll leave it there for today. Please continue to keep this ministry in your prayers. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter so we can grow, we can do more things. Um, It's all entirely listener supported. There's no extra support this ministry gets from dioceses or parishes. So it's all up to you. Please tell others about the ministry. We'll continue to look at Luke in the coming days. 